Welcome, guys, to Cousin Betsy Podcast, where we are focused on raising capital and investing with purpose. So whether you are a new investor, an experienced investor looking to buy a business, understanding the art of raising capital is so crucial in today's competitive landscape. Join us as we navigate the competitive realm of raising private capital, securing funding, and building meaningful relationships that fuel your business growth. What's up, what's up, what's up? I'm your host, Kalisha, and I got my co-host, Betsy, with me today, as usual, as usual. What's up, what's up, what's up? What's up, what's up? Oh my gosh, it's been a crazy weekend. It's been a crazy Monday, but you know, it's great. Listen, we gotta do what we gotta do. It's like we were talking earlier that it's always we think we have everything under control, and it's always the very last five to ten minutes or a couple seconds we're like, oh, we're having an issue. But guys, guess what? Sometimes you got to figure out the issue and just freestyle and go along and it will work itself out. Yeah. Um, but no, today it's going to be a very a great episode. We're hearing from, normally we, we bring persons on who are investors. They're the ones borrowing the funds. But today we're bringing a lender who's also an investor as well. And then he shared his experience with um, the lending side. But before we even dive in, let's see, you want to hit them yes. with disclaimer? Yes, disclaimer for all of you guys watching. The following information is for educational purposes only. Please do your own dil due diligence. We do not provide financial, legal, or professional advice. Everything that we talk about here is from our experience, even from our lender's perspective. It's our experience. We don't know the laws. Every case is different. Um, so please, please, please do your due diligence. And for our audio listeners too, sorry, you guys, I did not forget about y'all. <laughs> and I mean, like, again, like huge, huge shout out to everyone who is tuning in right now. If you missed this podcast and you're watching the replay, thanks for the dedication in watching this replay and listening as well. We really appreciate it. If you guys are listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Um, let us know what you guys think. Leave us a review. Um, share it with a friend as well, because that's where you kind of like bump us up a little bit, and we appreciate it. And thank you for all our new followers as well. It's been so great to actually see you guys. Um, that you guys are actually listening. That's so cool. We have some dedicated supporters as well, like persons who they're always on every Monday, even if it's just 15 minutes, they're live, engaged. And even if they miss the episode, they're watch the replay, always giving us feedback. So writing comments. Thank you guys. Huh? It's amazing. You guys are like super amazing. So with that being said, like, hit the like button. Let us know what you guys think. Subscribe to our channel. Let us know what you guys think, what info you guys want to see. Let's let's introduce our guest, Vincent Reyes. Welcome Hello, everyone. Oh. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? You know what's amazing? It's finally good to put a face, face. name. 
Oh, I know. Right. A lot of the stuff that we do is virtual. So we have a lot of conversations yeah. and back and forths that are virtual. So we are on the phone, but it's really, really nice actually seeing your face. This is amazing. Ah, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All the time. And now it's just the season. It's like, ah, now I know who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> but no, welcome. We appreciate you for being here. Um, we're all for, so for those who are watching, listening, we're all a part of the same mentorship group, um, with Pace Morbid. So you see Vincent with his, <laughs> that's literally how we all got to know each other because of this great community that exists. Mm -hmm. It has lenders, it has everyone, persons who went in to be an investor and now turn a private money lender. There's so many opportunities there for you to build great relationships so vincent today we're talking about the nightmare this is was the nightmare of private lending and mm -hmm. we've been wanting to do this episode i think maybe from episode two yeah we've been having it there on our, on our little crm where we're like tracking it waiting for it <laughs> because we know we know the thing is we know their stories and it's always mm -hmm here when these things happen, not to really focus on the, the bad, but to really focus on how to handle things like this, what to look out for. So that's kind of what we want to dive in today. So for those who, before we even dive into that, for those who don't know Vincent, who is Vincent? Um, tell us a little bit about your company, HH Home Buyer Solutions. Yeah, so um, I'm originally from California. That's where I started. Um, I did start investing in real estate back in 2005, 2006, um, bought some land, built some houses in Salton Sea, which is like by Palm Springs. Um, yeah, that was before the crash. I wasn't, I was still young. So um, crash happened, like a lot of people got out of it um, and then did some other things, opened up a, a medical transport business in 2010, 2011. Always had my um, finger on the pulse though of real estate, you know, because uh, I just wanted, I knew I wanted to get back into it eventually. Um, so, well, after building that business up about 2017 or so, bought another property in Big Bear, California um, with Airbnb. It was already set up, but they weren't, you know, they weren't using it to the full potential. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we went in there added jacuzzi game rooms and all these things and it just did really well um so you know eventually sold that when the market was hot and bought four other properties and some more properties as well um so yeah i've just been building the portfolio like that so um, you're now I, I, mm -hmm. with, with your portfolio uh, did you get access to these using your own money do you use a traditional loan do you use private money for the most part, it was it was traditional. It was um, uh, you know getting um, a conventional loan, and then with that property that I sold, I did what's called a ten thirty one exchange, yeah. and then was able to buy more properties, but also with you know traditional routes. Yeah, I didn't start using or even you know think about private money till later down the years. So really, so I signed up with sub, with the sub two program. That's mm -hmm. when I, it really opened my eyes to it. Yeah. So when you, when you went in to join Sub2, like, when, did you go in with the intention of learning about creative financing or lending? Because I'm trying to understand what, what how did that transition from investor to a lender? 
so the so yeah when i originally went to uh, into sub tour was around the end of 2020 and um it was more about creative right trying to learn the creative uh, routes and um and then we had sold the business uh, around yeah 2020 2021 so that's where i had the funds and then private money was something i was like okay i can do some lending as well um and then there is a horror story that um we were talking about that I can get into, you know, just let me know when with another partner that uh, I invested uh, out of state investing. Okay. That, so let's, let's dive right in. Yeah. Because um, I know. <laughs> Bexy had heard a story when we talked, you told me the story as well. Uh, when we spoke last, the first time we spoke last year and it was very, it's very interesting of how things are unfolding um, and going through the entire process. So my first question will be, when did it hit the fan? When did you realize, okay, this project, this lending experience is about to go downhill? When did the borrower like start disappearing and not responding? Start from there. Well, so there's, okay, so there's that, okay, that experience wasn't so much me as lending. It was more me as partnering with someone and we borrowed, you know, we borrowed money to flip houses. Okay. So the, and the way that it started was in 2020. Um, again, I had excess funds. So uh, I hooked up with this out of state. And uh, what well, this was in Ohio, I was in California, and she was flipping houses in Ohio. Yeah. And uh, we met on Facebook and um, she wasn't in sub two, uh, but, you know, we met through one of the groups and then we started talking and she was actively investing, showed me what she was doing. She was doing about three or four houses and I'm like, okay. Um, so we, you know, we, I said, all right, now this is where I took a big risk. I took, I, I was the one who got the loan and I funded the rehab. So, um, you know, I was pretty much, my name was on everything. Yeah. But she did such a good job. I mean, we did the flip. It took about six months. And again, that's, you know, the market was hot, right? Everyone was flipping. Everything was good. It was going well. And we flipped the house and we made great money. So then she came back. So oh, I want to buy two. Let's buy two more. And then that's when, you know, I was like, all right, well, I mean, if everything goes good the way it did, then I don't mind, you know, as long because she was the first flip that we did went great. Communication yeah. was there. Every week, she's sending me pictures, giving me updates. It was, you know, I was like, that's too, you know, I'll be a partner for life as long as we're both on the same track, even though I'm taking all the risk, you know, but that's how I am. I'm a loyal person. And as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, I don't mind. So, um, you know, that's when we got into the other ones, which was uh, a house in Columbus and a duplex in Cincinnati. Okay. So I love the fact that you share that um, you had, the bad experience didn't start from the first project. So that's one thing for our listeners to know. Vincent had, he had a good experience for the first time. Yeah. And I think that's what led you to be like, okay, you like how this works. So let's try this again. So I like that mm -hmm. you mentioned that. So the, that property, it's in, you said it's in Columbus. The, the first one that we flipped? So not the first one, the, the third one, that when you realize that she is starting to not be having issues. Yeah. So we bought like, yeah. So at the same time we bought two properties at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, that one was a private money lender um, that we used and she knew him because yeah. she was doing other deals with him. She had like three other houses with him as well. So 
and I, and so like okay so we went with that lender i paid everything um we had to pay for the tenants to move had to give them some moving money those type of things so and all as this is going remember covid was you know was going on and i had a medical transport company so that's why i was in the process um honestly we were about to close it was bad it hit us hard we weren't doing as many transports so i was um dealing with that so i let her you know i said okay because I have so much going on my side, I said, go ahead and deal with the draws and everything. You deal directly with the lender. And so, you know, since you already have a relationship with them, you don't have to, because the first slip that we did, I was the one responsible because I was paying out of pocket for the rehab. Mm -hmm. So she had to always come to me for every draw. And maybe that's something that, you know, now that I look back, I'm like, maybe that's why it went so smooth. Yeah. But this time I let her do everything um, deal with the lender, deal with the draws. And so um, that was pretty much it. And I was busy, you know, with my business and everything that was going on. Um, so after, the, after, you know, so I just let things go and I just got so busy. Plus I was moving uh, about 2021 20, after we, we, that was another thing I was selling the business. And from there I got so busy with my house and we're moving from California to Texas, which is a huge move. Yeah. So I just had a lot on my plate and I just left everything to her. She would give me an update here and there, but it wasn't like before. And I wasn't even thinking, I was like, well, everything should be fine. And then um, it's after we moved here when I started seeing that I, I talked to her, I was like, what's going on? Oh, a contractor hasn't been there for three weeks. And then that's when, you know, red flags started to go up. I'm like, what do you mean? Contractor hasn't been there for three weeks. How do you not let, you know, how do you let that happen? And then, um, yeah, that's when uh, we got the, I talked to the lender and the lender again is a private investor and he does flips and everything on his own. He went out to the property and uh, she already had drawn uh, about 80 or about 80,000, 80 or 90,000. Mm -hmm. And when he went there, he goes, um, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, Vince, and she already drew like 90,000. And there's probably only 20,000 in this property. And that's where I almost had a heart attack. Wow. Yeah. That's but when, it, yeah. It's crazy because from my my understanding, normally with lenders, before you do a draw, um, they want to see pictures. And that's why they do scope of work before as well. Mm -hmm. So didn't, like, didn't that lender pick something up? So what she was doing was she was sending him like, I don't know, how do you say it? Like edited pictures and the and the the contractor maybe they're in they were in cahoots because he was signing off on the draws because you're right he, we have every time she gets a draw she has to send pictures plus like a form a release form saying that yes i did this work yes i completed this i completed that and then i think the pictures might have been edited because i asked him about that i go why were you approving these then and he goes oh they, they look i mean you know again everyone had so much going on everything looked good to him so it just slipped right under the, you know, right under the radar. He didn't, you know, catch it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Did you, so when, when you, when you confronted her, when you're, when you realize that, okay, now she's like delaying and you confronted her about the money, like, tell us a little bit about that part. What was the approach and the conversation? Yeah. So pretty much I started texting her like, you know, um, you know, what's been going on and, and I should have caught things because I, you know, again, Facebook, right? We were friends on Facebook and I would see her post as the project was going. She's flying to Paris. She's flying to here. She's flying to, you know, just traveling. 
the whole time while this project is supposed to be going on. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, those are things that I should have picked up on. But again, I was just, you know, busy with my, you know, my world. Uh, but when, um, when I confronted her, she would always have, you know, excuse, oh, I don't know, let me go check and I'll get back to you. And then finally, I was like, all right, now I have to get uh, an attorney involved, you know, because we got to go out to contract. Right now, I'm mad at the contractor. I'm like, this guy's burning us. We got to go after him. I said, give me all everything you send him. I want your bank statements. I want proof that you sent him all this money because the attorney is going to need that. Mm -hmm. And that's when she was not giving me what I needed. Mm -hmm. I was like, you should have bank statements showing payments. Yeah. You know, she would give me um, she made some uh, what do you call that? Google Sheets. She would make some Google sh that she made. And I was like, okay, that's great, but I need the actual bank statements showing you paid him so we can go after him that he accepted. And she wouldn't give those to me. That's another red yeah. flag. That's another that was a big red flag. That was a very big red flag, yeah. Because I remember when you were telling me the story, you said uh, even when you connected with the attorney and everything, um, I think the attorney was having a hard time um, reaching her as well because she was just MIA. Yes, she wouldn't take calls. She wouldn't. Yeah, and that's when the communication with her started mm -hmm. to fall off. Yeah, and then she wasn't responding. You know, texting. I kept telling her, "We need this. We need that." And that's when the you know even the attorney said, "Man, I think you know something else is going on here." Mm -hmm. And then that's when I started doing my own little private investigation on her, and you know started realizing, okay. Yeah, and there's there's more to it too. I'll I'll tell you if we get into it more. Oh, definitely. With this too, because I want to dive super deep. With mm -hmm. London, so all of this so was a hard money. So therefore, there was no private money yet. So there was a no like deed or any like promissory note at all, right? No, this was just uh, your standard hard money loan. Where you know, okay, that we're, then, yeah. Did you have like a a joint venture like? What agreement did you guys have in place for to for the So that's one thing we did have was a joint venture agreement with her, um, her and her LLC. So I did have that. Um, that was the only thing that we really had because again, everything was under my LLC, the loan, my social, because um, I had you know everything was under me. I had all the skin in the game. She didn't have not a drop. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! It's it's just it's just crazy. I just I'm still lost with the with the hard money portion of it. But as you said, like clearly she went ahead and they edited the photos. So that part is a, it's so tricky. So I know from the last time we spoke, like up to because this project was what 2022 or 2021 when this started happening. This started happening, the project started at the end of, uh, we closed on August. So I think it started around September, around September, October of 2021. Okay. And we were so, supposed to have all, both of these done by, you know, definitely by summer of 2022. And th yeah. these projects are still a work in progress. They're not completed. As of now. So this is what happened. So the, the Columbus house, um, that one she did uh, complete. <laughs> okay. Well, another horror story. So that one she did complete and she completed it in January. And then in, as we listed it in January, oh, mind you, and she's an agent as well. Um, she listed it. And then around uh, February, we didn't have no offers. And we now we're starting to price for her. And then March, no offers. We price drop again. 
And then she texts me um, that, oh, the house got vandalized. And mind you, everything's new in the house, new appliances, everything. Someone went in there and stole all the appliances, the refrigerator, dishwasher, microwave, all the brand new uh, light fixtures we had, the AC and, and the furnace all at once. All of it gone. It was like 15000 you know, something like that. And then to make things worse, our insurance wouldn't cover it because they said we don't cover theft. So, yeah. And I said, what are you going to do anything? Are you going to, oh, just, what can I do? Like, you know, my part, my ex-partner is just like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It sucks. You know, I'm like, yeah. yeah. And this is where I like, it, it, it's, it's super shady because that if you are a partner and you're heavily invested in this and if that's not, if something happened to your property, you should be like, no, we got to find a way because I'm losing money. This house, like, it just goes to show not making assumption that she has something to do with it. Yes. And after looking back now and talking, we think her and the, either her or the contractor did it because the way they stole everything was kind of clean. Yeah. So it had to be an inside job, correct? Mm -hmm. It had to be an inside job because the way things, nothing was broken. There was no door jams broken. I mean, it was, you know, yeah. So from, from what I'm hearing at the beginning, your takeaways is that you should have been more vigilant. I think that's the one mm -hmm. thing that you would have changed if you could go back. Um, that's one. Um, definitely, again, my thing is if you're going to have a partner, make sure they have skin in the game. Mm-hmm that they have, you know, as much vested as you do, because if they don't, it's easy for them to just walk away and be like, okay, I'm, you know, you're on your own, which is pretty much how she left me. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then of course, vetting your contractors again, I let her pick everything and no, n nothing to women or anything. You know, I, I love working with women, but sometimes I think maybe the contractor took, oh, took advantage of her because she was a woman i don't know because she would let them do whatever they want if they didn't show up she didn't argue with them if they didn't do this she didn't you know so i don't know you know how are the and because another thing with the columbus house the house was like the way they i had to go back in there and refix a lot of things i was like how come you didn't say anything about that like the floor was off this was off the stair rail broke i mean it was this crappy work siding fell off um yeah i had i had to personally fund you know pay for a lot of things in that house and it was a nightmare did you fix it yourself like not me physically but i had to hire you know contractors Dang. so to do know, everything and replace all the appliances and everything <laughs> you you you're talking and i'm listening and i'm like there's so much you've done a lot of right things so as much as you, you want to beat yourself up that you are busy, you, you've done, the fact that you had that JV agreement, that is key. A lot of persons don't even have that, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it's things that happen to us and we don't even realize. And again, you said it, like she had, ex she had experience that so that gave credibility as well. Yeah, but yes. it's been good experience. She had good experience. It yeah. just it, it was, and you had a great experience for the first time. It just that the third one, everything just went down. Maybe with her, and it's something that you could not have predicted. She she's good on the first one. She's good on the second one, and then the third one, she's like, maybe she's like, eh, this person really trusts me, so now I can get away with. 
maybe. And I did my due diligence as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like the other properties that she was flipping when I first met her. I looked them all up. You know, I checked title to see if it was her LLC, like she said, and they were. Um, so she was actively flipping um, other houses. So, I, I mean, I did what I could. Um, I don't know if the money got to her because she was doing good and making money and selling houses. And some people that have never, you know, experienced that kind of money just don't know how to act. I don't know. Um, you know, they just, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, back to the Cincinnati. So the duplex, once I found out what was going on, I did go after the main contractor. He stopped responding, stopped picking up his phone. And then so now... I have to um, pick up the pieces, right? Because there is still quite a bit of work, siding that had to be done. And we had draw money left. And again, the investor knew, because I, I told him, look, I'm not going to kind of person, I'm not going to put my head in the sand like she did. I will finish this. I give you my word. Give me time. Work with me. And I'll make this right, you know? And he was very understanding. So um, I just said, just keep the draw money for the payments. Because, and mind you, I've been paying this whole time, every month paying the hard money up until, you know, the stuff hit the fan. Yeah. So I said, look, I need a little breathing room. So I'll fund, I'll fund the rehab just to keep those as your payments. So that, and that's kind of what we did. And he's been cool with it. And um, yeah, we finished, we, we finally, and <laughs> it was just one experience after another, a couple more bad contractors. When they know you're out of state, it, yeah, they, some can be really, they'll take advantage of you. So that's something that, you know, if you have boots on the ground, which I have now, thanks to Sub2, I've met some really good people in Columbus and uh, shout out to Antoine Tucker, if anyone knows him. He's good people. He, he's from the Ohio group. Uh, he's helped me out a lot. He's went to both properties and looked at them, uh, hooked me up with other people. And I've met some other, you know, Sub2 uh, students. This so, um a little mm -hmm. sidetrack, but it's something that I've learned from another investor here in Florida who is doing fix and flip out of state. And he has this camera system that the camera is inside. It's outside the house, around the back, it's inside. So he's seen everything that everyone is doing, if they want to steal from him. And I think he'd ha he had a contractor before as well that unplugged the camera thinking that he won't see anything. But the way how the camera is set up, even if you unplug it, it has battery, um, battery life that lasts for hours. So he was still able to keep track of what the contractors are doing. So maybe that's something I could share the link with you for any, if you still need it, just to have the uh, camera on the project. So actually, again, going back to that partner that I have over there, uh, Antoine, uh, he goes, hey, have you ever heard of this thing called Tattletale? And I'm like, what's that? It's an alarm system. So it, it's really, I think it was made by investors because it's for like, uh, you don't need Wi-Fi or anything. You do need power, but it does have a power. It has a backup and that's what it is. It's, an, it, it's not a camera though. It's an alarm system. So you can put motion detectors on the doors. It has its own motion detector on the unit. Um, and that's what, yeah, I ended up buying two of those. I bought one for the Columbus and one for the Cincinnati. And I put them, um, yeah, so I've been using that and that's worked out really well. Um, so, but yeah, so that camera system is good too. I would like to know about that because if it's in a camera, that's good too. It's called Blink, I think. Oh, Blink. And all you need is power. You don't need uh, oh, Wi-Fi. I don't think you need Wi-Fi, but I can always double check. Um, oh, okay. Because he uses it for all his fix and flip projects and 
I don't think most times it has Wi-Fi, but I think he had a case where the plumber was like, someone was like, I put in X amount of tiles. And he could go back to the camera and be like, no, you did not. I have the camera right here. This is the amount of work that you've done today. And so, you're not yeah, so what I've done also kind of with, with that is, um, and, and this is from my, when I did my, my flips in Cali, um, I would buy the Verizon hotspot and then put and then you know put a camera. Mm -hmm. I would buy those you know Wi-Fi cameras and then with the Verizon hotspot, uh -huh. and then do it like that. And I did we did catch a squatter. Someone broke into one of their houses, and we had to get the police over the hair. But yeah, that's when that's what I've done as well. So um, yeah. So with all this that's going on, um, have this experience like change your per perception on perspective on lending in terms of. I don't want to lend anymore or how it yeah because and coming to the back to the lending yeah because i have done some private lending um and i do have even right now i have a guy right now that you know he's he's not behind but he was due and he's around four months that he hasn't um you know uh paid everything he pays his monthly but he's behind um and so you just got to be really careful uh, when you lend, um, I mean, they always say, do you know, you want to be in first position if you can. Um, that is really the most, the best protection because when you're in second position um, and they foreclose, there's a chance that you won't get your money back. Um, also, I like to do personal guarantees now. So, personal guarantees are really good. Um, and then, um, yeah, just, you know, do your due diligence with the, with the person that you're lending to see what they're actually doing, see if they have any, you know, uh, what their history is, their track record. And another thing that we always tell for, for lenders too is, and for even persons who come to us and ask us to raise capital, and if it's a fix and flip, we like to analyze the numbers ourselves. And it needs mm -hmm. to have, Betty always laugh at me because I call it, I always say, we can't raise capital for this thing because there's not, there's not enough meat on <laughs> There's not mm -hmm. enough and I'm like, I'm, I'm not confident that we should bring this to a lender and say, in lend on this deal because the spread isn't there. And a lot of persons don't understand that because yeah. they see a deal and just think it's a purchase, it's the rehab and the ARV, but they don't consider your holding costs. If the project goes over, your rehab costs, your closing costs, there needs to be a good spread. So just in case anything happens, like in your case, you still had to be pulling money and paying the, the, the monthly payment. The, the rehab went over. So there needs to be enough spread as well to be super safe or, or just to mitigate a risk for something. Yeah, you know, and a lot of the properties that we do fund, that we find funding for are in second position. So we need to be sure that there is that spread. Yeah. Mm -hmm. people do it. And they have yeah. to be extremely extremely protected because i think for us as well um our reputation has a lot to do with it yes and it's like we can't it's not that we're forcing lenders to be like hey lend on this deal but if we bring this opportunity to you yes it's your final decision we're going to be clear with all the numbers all that stuff and one thing that we do is if a lender says no we don't force we're like why and then we try to understand and then just move on to the next one because we don't mm. want credi credibility to be tarnished just because of something like that. Have to build that trust. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, speaking of credibility with this uh, ex-partner of mine, 
um, come to find out the attorney, he goes, oh, look what I found. And he shows me like around five other lawsuits against other investors that are, that she, you know, kind of did the same thing to. Yeah. So she, I was, I guess, you know, and then what's sad is um, the, the, the lender that we're working, I'm working with, you know, he, we've become real cool, of course, with everything going on. He told me that she has three other houses and these are all her family members that she's pretty much burning. Like, you know, yeah, they're going to, and he's going to foreclose on all three of those houses because she hasn't made no payments, but they're under her family's name. That's yeah. So that, <laughs> yeah. She's burning them crazy. Yeah. She's burning a lot of bridges and then her, uh, Realtors license in Ohio got banned and also in Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, she got, uh, she lost her realtor license because we were going to go after that as well. But yeah, so, but I got my liens. Like, so here we go with the liens. So I got liens on all the, the she has about five properties remaining that she yeah. owns and under her name and her LLC. Uh, we got, the attorney got liens on all of them, but I mean, who knows if they get foreclosed, I may still not get anything. Yeah. You know, so, so now, your goal is to finish the properties and repay the hard money lender. That's it. Lick my wounds and move on. You know, learn. That's all I can do. You know, when you when this happens, just want to just learn from it. Uh, don't let it discourage you. This is a part of the game. And unfortunately, you know, it's not all sunshine and roses like you know some people might claim, um, because there is you know there's uh, yeah there's a horror side to some of this that happens. You know, it's, it's the risk. It's the, it's the risk. risk. There is a risk. When everyone asks, like, can you guarantee this? And I was like, can you guarantee that? No, I cannot. But these are things that we put in place to mitigate these mm -hmm. risks. This happened. If your rehab goes over, here are the risks. If, God forbid, that I die or any one of our bars die, we have the documentation put in place. So the, the most we can do, and as you said, personal guarantee, a lot of, I know a lot of persons are doing that as well. And mm -hmm. investors are open to say, hey, I can personal guarantee this loan as well. Um, but the, the best advice I would say is just make, put things in place to mitigate those risks because you never know what can happen. You know, it's crazy that you mentioned that. So I have another one, and I don't know if I told you this one, Betsy, um, about um, an apartment complex that I invested in. And this is in Palm Springs, California. This is before I moved. Um, uh, you know, uh, six figures was invested. And um, the lender, the builder passed away. He was only 44 years old. And he was the only one that was in control of the whole project. And um, when he passed away, now we have to get attorneys involved and it's a mess and that was second position on that one yeah <laughs> how did you so, end up getting your yeah that's a that's a whole still haven't it's still um it's still in probate um we're trying to find another developer to take over because the spread is there we're, i mean it's you know, it still needs quite a bit. It needs about 800000 to finish. But when it's done, with all in all, it'll be worth like $3 million. So it's in a very good location of Palm Springs. Um, so, I mean, the spread is there. I'm sorry? I might have a builder for you. We have friends who's doing building um, hotels in Palm Springs. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we may have found someone. We've been working with an agent that's, um, the, you know, we've been going back and forth over numbers with the lender and then um, with the cost of finishing it. So, you know, hopefully, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But that one right there being the second position, again, um, if that forecloses, who knows what might happen to me. And I have um, private investors on that one as well now they know the situation but again you know it's still my face that's all over it and you know i mean what the guy was 44 years old who you know he had a heart attack what can you say he was young that was unexpected you know you know but again if they if we if they foreclose we're, we're, there's a good chance that we could lose some or all of the investment um yeah <laughs> so if you have questions as well just feel free to drop in the chat um thank you guys for being super engaging but I want to ask Vincent, like for a lender, because I know lenders can get scared. Um, they're thinking of going, they, they really want to do it, but they're afraid of things like this. Mm -hmm. Like what, I know you touched on the advice a little bit, what, what else would you tell them to consider? And then, man, I keep losing my train of thought. I need some vitamins. <laughs> but what, what other like things you would tell them to consider? And then if they, if any lenders out there who are facing similar situations where borrowers are disappearing, what advice would you give them to handle it in this situation? Are you talking about from like someone who wants to borrow, like yeah. what we can advise, what they can, I mean, um, again, uh, doing your homework, you know, showing, you know, I want to see the numbers. I want to see where'd you get these numbers from? Um, and yeah, what are your exit strategies? Very important to see, you know, what, uh, if I can't flip it, what are you going to do? Are you prepared to get a loan and then, you know, you know, pay out that way? Um, you know, if, of course, everyone, if we can be in first position, then you really, you know, we're good. Uh, but if we have to be in second position, then of course, personal guarantees, um, you know, uh, what else, uh, being added as an additional insured on the insurance, that would, you know, that would help as well. Um, and then, yeah, you know, if you have the credibility. So that's why it's a little scary when you're dealing with new investors that don't have experience. Uh, some are riskier than others. And that's the kind of one I did right now where the guy is about three or four months behind um, because, you know, he's a new investor. But, you know, I try to give people, I try to work with people, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I got all that from him. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and communication, that's the really really biggest thing is just being communication um if we do it i want to see you know the uh, uh, reports like see what's going on um you know see some pictures of you know the activity that's going on so i know that okay you know what everything's going good you're communicating um i shouldn't have to ask you every month if you're doing like monthly payments hey it's the first where's the payment where's the payment but that all that shows you know that shows what kind of person you are Mm -hmm. you know your responsibility i hope that kind of answered some questions yes i know a few a few lenders um private money lenders as well and they have a few borrowers who disappear default maybe for a year months mm, like right. apart from yes we know the standard to foreclose you know the standard get an attorney um but what would you say to them in terms of like thinking or to do future deals or how to handle mentally how to handle something like this because 
yes, you want to get your money back, but I can only imagine the mental agony this has caused because you're like, oh, I'm losing money and this person disappeared. Like, how have you been handling that and what advice would you give to someone? Um, if you're going to do this, you have to be ready for that. That is something that you know that can happen. Uh, nothing is for sure. Nothing is guaranteed. Never get comfortable um, because you never know, you know, when these things can happen, you have to have reserves. Um, you know, thank God that I have reserves and, you know, I was prepared for this. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't let this, like, this wasn't all the money that I had. If this doesn't work, oh man, I'm broke. I'm going to have to sell my house. No, this was, I mean, you know, I knew that this can happen and that's the risk you take also as, you know, when you're lending. So you just have to be mentally prepared and have a backup plan, have reserves. Just like having a rental property, you got to have that war chest, right? What Pace talks about, have that war chest uh, ready for when things, you know, happen. Um, so that's uh, the advice I would give if you're going to be, you know, lending. Um, you know, you're taking a risk, you know. No, um, Edgar in the chat, Edgar said, always check your own risk tolerance. And yes. <laughs> that is so important because we've spoken to a lot of lenders, private money lenders who wants to lend, and we ask them, what is your risk tolerance? What are you comfortable with? And honestly, a lot of persons don't even know. Yeah. How, yeah. Would, how would you tell them? What, what would you tell them, like, how to assess their own risk tolerance? I guess just based on what you feel that if you if you lost that money, I mean, what would happen? What would you do, right? If that's that's really what it comes down to, right? If, I mean, if you if you lent this out and and it never came back, how's that going to affect you? Are you still going to be able to do other deals? Are you still going to be able to invest in real estate? Do you need that money? Is that money for your bills? For you put food on your table? Because then you know, then I don't think you should be risking that kind of money, yeah. you know. Um, yep. I, I agree. Like we've spoken about it multiple times where a person who they want to lend and they're so eager to lend. And after like getting to know lenders and building our relationship, we found out sometimes they have the twenty five to fifty thousand. But that's the only twenty five to fifty thousand that they have. Mm -hmm. And the question we always ask is oh, and first some persons don't like when we ask it, it's what's your source of funding? Because if this is your savings and it's the only thing that you have, sometimes we're like, let's let's do another deal, let or let's do a smaller amount. Because if you want to get into a deal and in a month you're like, I need this now. Yeah. So eager to get a deal, but that has a lot to do with your risk tolerance as well, and. Just doing your own as lenders as well, um, do your own due diligence and not even due diligence, but research. Go on YouTube, go on the internet, just find what do I need to know as a private money lender and literally just read and educate yourself because in reading, more things start appearing in Google and then you're now becoming better and questions to ask, you're coming up with questions to ask as well. And ooh, as I said, I'm going through something similar. I'm hearing so many. We need to get you guys all on these. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is in, I mean, knock on wood, um, I wouldn't want this to happen to me. Mm. But as you said, like anything can happen. But I think I'm just, for me, I'm just a big communicator. And I think if that should ever happen, that would be one of my, that's one thing that I would push 
is just communicating, communicating, because I think right now we're going through a similar um, deal with someone, a lender, and my funds went to escrow, and um, funds went to escrow. The seller wanted to sell the property to a wholesaler, and they said they wanted to break the contract, and then because we already told them that they can't, we got an attorney involved, they now wanted to file for bankruptcy. So they're trying to find every single thing to get out of that um, contract. But our private money lender already sent funds months ago. During all of that, we were like, okay, we honestly can't do anything right now, but get have the attorney talking to the seller. But during that time, we have been like communicating with the lender. At one point, they were like, okay, we get it. Because we were like sending text messages, we were sending emails, even if there's nothing, we sent an email to be like, hey, we don't have an update as yet, but this is the last that we've heard. We'll keep you posted as soon as something happens. And this lender was out of the country on vacation. Yeah. Uh, and we and you see how those things you, you have no control of, right? I mean, who knew that was going to happen, right? <laughs> where they thought that we got the funds and we're like, we can't do anything because the funds is now stuck in escrow. Yeah. And what we did, we're like, we don't even have access to the funds. But one thing that we did, we still, the borrower started paying them out of their pocket. Mm. Even if they still haven't gotten the funds yet because the agreement is you will be paid each month once the funds goes to escrow and we close. We haven't closed yet. But just for that building that relationship and peace of mind and just being accountable, we're like, we're just gonna, we're just gonna. Kalisha, are you the one that Pace called? Did Pace call you? I don't remember. So you're like the second person who said that. Did oh, okay. Pace call you, Kalisha? <laughs> I can't, but we've been chatting on Instagram because I've been telling them. Um, a few things that we need to do for raising capital about these. Oh, things. okay. No, your story sounds very familiar now that I'm hearing it. Uh, I remember he, there was someone that was saying it was, and it was total miscommunication, even from the, the person that was doing the lending was making it sound like the person she lent to was trying to pull something, but it wasn't really the, the, the borrower wasn't the investor wasn't, it was kind of like a situation like that. It was out of her hands. It wasn't her, it was the seller. And then Pace actually on a live Zoom, he called, he called the lender, the investor that was the private money lender, live and talked to her. So I don't know. I thought that was you for a minute. This or lenders, they're out. Of the <laughs> oh, okay. They're out. So because and then they were so curious, and it's crazy because their perspective was okay. I know this is not in your hand, but I want to learn, just in case she should lend on something again. Um, she's asking, like, what about bankruptcy? Will that affect my funds? And it's also a learning experience for us. Yes, we, yes. We've never encountered something like that before. Yeah. So and it was like an awesome conversation talking to the investor, like, hey, um, our our lender, their payment is due this time. What are we going to do? And the yeah. investor was more than willing to be like, I'm going to still pay them. Of course. That's what we agreed. So. Mm. Is that deal still going on? Or? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. It, it, it's definitely still going. It's definitely still going on, but they're very understanding. 
um, and like we're we're keeping track. They're like we're back in the U.S. at this time. We're like okay, let's set up a meeting so we can all be on the same page again, just to keep you updated. Because mm. that was crazy, and so now the money just sitting escrow. Nothing. Wow. And try to work with the title. They they're working with us. I mean, like calling title to be like, hey, I'm the lender. This is what's going on. And the title is like, nope, because the seller is doing that. And I'm not releasing any funds until all the paperwork is finalized. Wow. Yeah. Well, at least at least the money is in a safe place. <laughs> that's the that's where I can sleep at night knowing that. It's when it's gone out of escrow and who knows where. Like that's the other when... one that we're dealing with. <laughs> oh, that's oh. should do an episode on that where we did a we had a lender and the title, the lender is also on the threat because we always keep our lenders on the thread with title. The title company sent the funds and I'm talking like over $70,000 to the wrong person. Whoa. Yeah. And paperwork was incorrect. And before we even sent funds, um, after we sent funds, we're like, hey, this need a change on the note. The deed needs to be changed. That need to be changed. And they kept overlooking, overlooking, overlooking. And then when they're like, funds were dispersed. And my lender called and be like, are they, are they dumb? <laughs> See that we kept telling them that the paperwork is incorrect and that it, they can't disperse funds as yet. So it took us maybe like three weeks for them to figure out what was really going on. And they finally put the money back. Like just Wow. Happened. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Luckily yeah. got it back. Luckily <laughs> you got it back. So that's... <laughs> You know, as you said, like things happen. Yeah. Uh, we could never ever foresee things like this happen. Mm-hmm. But it's just how you handle um, these situations. And as you said, it's, it's, it's so important. So, but before we wrap up, Vincent, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience who's watching or listening um, or credit fund vendors in general as well? Yeah. I mean, again, if you're going to be doing some private money lending, uh, do your due diligence, uh, get to know the person that you're going to be lending to, you know, see what, what deals they're doing, if they're doing any, um, and just, uh, yeah, just, uh, do everything you can to protect yourself. And no, at the end of the day, if you're going to lend, uh, you are taking a risk too, you know, it is a risk that you, you know, things can happen as you see, <laughs> um, things can happen. Um, and you know, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, thank, thank you, Vincent. Thank you for being with us today. I know that our viewers got so much value from this conversation. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, able to help someone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Please reach out if you guys have any more questions. You can follow Vincent. Where, where can people follow you, Vincent? Uh, you can follow me on, on uh, Facebook. You can put in Vince Ray on Facebook. All right, Vince Ray on Facebook, you guys. It will be on yeah. the description below. Um, so whether you're looking to finance your next project, launch a new, uh, launch or expand a new business, we hope that this episode gave you insights, strategies, and just some general tips so that you guys can raise capital and invest with purpose. Um, we are here for you guys all the time, and see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.